If you have your Bibles, turn, into, turn to Psalm 23 again. Psalm 23 this morning, we'll be focusing our attention on verse 4. However, I'm going to read the whole psalm. And as I read through Psalm 23, there is a significant shift that takes place in verse 4. See if you can pick up that shift as I read through Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we are so frail. Living in this fallen world but your word is strong. The grass withers, the flower fades, but your word endures forever. And so we pray this morning, Lord, that you would teach us through your word. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever known someone who talks a good game and then you probe a little more and you find out that there's really no substance behind their words? Some people will emphasize important people. They say they've known, maybe because their life has intersected with that person at a particular point in their life. Maybe someone was in the same gym once with Michael Jordan. They talk like, he talks like they were close, and he knew him well, but then you start asking questions, and you find out, well, I said hi to him in passing uh, that one day in the gym. He doesn't really know Michael Jordan. He just knows about Michael Jordan. And there's a danger in growing up in a Christian context of learning to talk a good game about Christianity, about God, even about Jesus Christ. But is there a relationship behind those words? Psalm 23 verse 4 pushes us to get beyond talking about the shepherd. To having a relationship with the shepherd. That's really what Psalm 23 is all about. Even from the beginning, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal relationship. And so the question we could ask is, how do you know you have a relationship with this shepherd? 
There are several things we're going to see in verse 4 that will help us answer this question. The first thing we want to highlight is if you know the shepherd, you'll talk to the shepherd. And here we see this interesting transition that occurs in Psalm 23, verse 4. Many people have memorized Psalm 23, heard it recited many times, but but maybe you haven't noticed this transition that takes place in verse 4. The change has to do with, with the way David addresses the shepherd. In verses 1 through 3, the shepherd is addressed as he, third person. David is talking about the shepherd in the first three verses. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David is talking about these things that the shepherd does for him. He does these things. But with verse 4, David begins to talk to the shepherd. You notice in verse 4, we move from he to you. You, direct address. David now talking to the shepherd. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It goes on in verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. So why does David go from talking about the shepherd to talking to the shepherd? Why the shift from he to you? Why this more intimate form of address? Well, it's been suggested by several authors that during the fall and winter months, the sheep are with the shepherd in the lowlands near the home base of the shepherd, near their home grazing pastures, near the center of activity. But when the summer months come, the shepherd takes the sheep up to the hill country and they stay in the hills all summer finding good grazing pastures. And during this time, the sheep and the shepherd are all by themselves, away from the hustle and bustle of their home base. They're alone together. It would be like taking a group of young people camping. You know them because maybe you see them every Sunday, have regular contact with them, but you get a few days away together camping with somebody, you really get to know that person in that context. And the idea here is that the change in verse 4 from he talking about the shepherd to you talking directly to the shepherd reflects those summer months when the shepherd is all alone with the sheep. And the closeness of that relationship is expressed by you. A more personal form of address. And the point here is that David is able not only to talk about the shepherd as he does in verses 1 through 3, but he's able to talk to the shepherd. He can have a conversation with his shepherd because he has a relationship with the shepherd. 
You cannot know someone if you have not really talked to them. Talking to the shepherd is more than a casual conversation. A relationship develops where you talk about the significant things of life. You talk about things mentioned in this psalm. Hardship. Trials. Death. And even in the next verse, conflict and enemies. And so one question we could ask ourselves this morning is, do you talk to the shepherd? Personal relationship. The Lord is my shepherd. Talking regularly to your shepherd. In our wonderful world of technology, we can talk to anyone at any time, no matter where they are. And there are some people we really, really miss. How much we missed our pastor when he was in the hospital and we couldn't talk to him. I mean, even family members couldn't even get in the hospital to talk with him. And we long to have that conversation with that person that we miss so much. And we don't worry how we say what we're going to say. And so it should be with our shepherd. You don't need to use formal language. You don't need sophisticated language. You don't even need churchy language. Just express to your shepherd what is on your heart. If you know the shepherd, you will be talking to him regularly. There will be a relationship. It's important that you know the shepherd because if you know the shepherd, you will not fear the difficult circumstances of life. This is the second thing that we're going to look at here in verse 4. If you know the shepherd, you will not fear the difficult circumstances of life. When the shepherd would take the sheep up to the hills for the summer, they must pass through valleys. You don't drive sheep straight up a mountainside or a hillside. It's like when we build a highway. A highway doesn't go straight up the mountain. It follows the valley around until finally it reaches the top. Sheep must pass through the valleys. To reach the top. And what kind of valley is it? The valley of the shadow of death. This word can mean deep darkness. And the New American Standard Version actually translates this. The valley of deep darkness. The valley is a place of darkness. As the shepherd moves the sheep from the lowlands up to the hills, they pass through dark valley areas that may not have exposure to the sun except for just a few hours during the day. And these dark valleys are not pleasant places for sheep. The dark is the unknown. Sheep are animals that scare easily. They're vulnerable animals. They have no means of protection they run when danger is, is near and in the valley they can't even run because they are confined there in that valley. And so literally the valley of deep darkness can become the valley of death. 
As the sheep move through the valley, they know that in those shadows of darkness, there's danger. Even death itself. A predator, a snake. All through the valley, the sheep are in constant fear. The fear of darkness, the fear of unknown danger, the fear of death itself. You see, the valley is not a very pleasant place for sheep. What a masterful picture this is, isn't it? Of our lives as God's people. We too face valleys in life difficult circumstances dark and bitter experiences and we are afraid even the darkness of death itself and like sheep we balk and hesitate because we don't want to go through the valleys of life they're hard they're difficult they're painful And we're afraid because we feel so vulnerable and defenseless. There are great dangers in the valley that sometimes overwhelm us. And so we plead with the shepherd. There's got to be another way. Isn't there another way? Instead of going through these valleys of life, these difficult circumstances... What's amazing is the response of David in Psalm 23. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I won't be afraid, David says. No matter what he faces in the valley, whether danger from evil or danger from the calamities of life or or even death itself, David says, I will not fear. He goes through the valley unafraid. Isn't that the kind of assurance that you would like to have? Facing the difficult things that we face living in this fallen world, it's, it's natural for us to fear the difficult things of life. It's natural for us to fear death itself. Death is a fierce enemy. It has no respecter of persons. But there's something about the shepherd that helps calm the fears of the sheep. There's something about the shepherd that allows us to face the valleys of life without fear. It's one thing. You are with me. It's the presence of the shepherd, and it's only the presence of the shepherd that allows us to face these valleys unafraid. If you know the shepherd of Psalm 23, if you know Jesus Christ, you don't go through the valleys of life alone. Your shepherd walks right beside you. You are with me, with me. He doesn't tell you, well, go ahead, you can make it through that valley, and I'll be up there on the cliffs above, and I'll meet you at the other side. No, it's not what he says. 
He's right there in the valley with us. It's like the parent who tells the young child, go ahead, you can ride that ride. You're big enough to ride that ride. Don't be afraid of that ride. And I'll be sitting right here on the bench watching you. Nope. Mom or dad, I want you on the ride, right? Sitting right next to me. We had our three daughters close together. And so they were very small at a particular point of life when they were all walking, but still very small. The good thing about that is you get through with diapers and you're done with diapers. But, <laughs> but we used to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Had fun at Chuck E. Cheese. And this one particular Chuck E. Cheese, there was this train that it was a small train, it wasn't a big train, good, good train for, for young kids, and that train went around the circle. So we put them on that train, and that train started up, and they were having a great time, laughing and giggling and you know, waving. Halfway around that circle, that train went behind a partition, and all of a sudden, we hear these cries and screams. Uh, what was wrong? They no longer knew the presence of their parents. We can be assured of the presence of our shepherd. He goes through the valleys of life with us. He's right there. You are with me. That's why I don't have to be afraid. The presence of the shepherd makes all the difference in the world. So it's important that you know the shepherd. That you have the presence of the shepherd. And if you know the shepherd, you will experience the comfort that comes from the shepherd's presence. He calms our fears. Well, what is it about the shepherd's presence that brings comfort to the sheep? Well, David goes on to say here, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff brings comfort to the sheep. So what is it about the rod and what is it about the staff of the shepherd that brings great comfort? Well, the staff is that wooden stick you see in a lot of Christmas pictures or plays, that that wooden stick with a curved end. And it was a symbol of the patience and the kindness of the shepherd. It had several purposes. It It would be used to draw the sheep together to to sort of get them together if you will it was used to draw a particular sheep close to the shepherd it was used to sort of guide the sheep to go in the right way to gently apply pressure so they'll go in the way that the shepherd wants them to go the presence of the shepherd is a guiding presence so whatever valley of life you may be Facing at this particular period of your life, the shepherd knows the way through that valley. 
He'll get you through that valley. In fact, we would not make it through the valleys if it was not for the shepherd. And it reminds me of that song. I haven't sung this song in a long time. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Shepherd also carried a rod. This rod was a short club worn at the belt. And it's used for a couple of purposes. Uh, one purpose of the rod was it was used to discipline the sheep, to sort of keep the sheep in line. And I'm quoting here again Philip Keller, who was a shepherd himself in Africa. And he's written about that experience in light of Psalm 23. He says, I could never get over how often and with what accuracy the African herders would hurl their rods at a recalcitrant sheep that misbehaved. If a shepherd saw a sheep wandering away on its own or approaching poisonous weeds or getting too close to danger of one sort or another, the rod would go whistling through the air to send the wayward animal scurrying back to the flock. The rod means that the presence of the shepherd is a disciplining presence. Now, we have to be careful with this idea. We are not saying that every time you experience difficult things in life, it's because you have sinned. That is not what we are saying. We don't want to fall into the trap of Job's friends, right, who really tried to help him, but really weren't much help because they tried to convince him that he had done something wrong to bring upon him these calamities. No, God is a gracious Father who uses all the experiences of life to shape us and to mold us. And why something difficult comes into our lives is beyond our comprehension. We don't really know why things happen. It's part of those secret things that belong to God, Deuteronomy 29, 29. But God is at work through all of these experiences to sanctify us, to help us to grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ. A disciplining presence. You may wonder, how does that bring comfort? Discipline doesn't sound very comforting. Well, discipline is comforting because it reminds us of the shepherd's continuing care for you, for the flock. Sheep that are allowed to do whatever they want to do don't stay sheep very long. I mean, they get themselves into a lot of trouble very quickly. Discipline is a reminder that our shepherd cares so much for us. That he continues to work in our lives, even through difficult circumstances. Painful at times, but there's the assurance that he really does care for me. I'm part of his flock. He loves me enough to pursue me. He loves me enough to deliver me. He loves me enough to be with me. He doesn't abandon me in those difficult situations of life. Hebrews 12.8 says that if we are without discipline, we're not even part of the family. The shepherd's discipline comes the assurance, I belong to him. 
Think of it this way. He demonstrates his wonderful presence in ways we would never know if it was not for the valleys of life. We find out things about our shepherd when we go through the valleys of life and we find out things about ourselves. All to our benefit. But the rod was also used to protect the flock, to to drive off predators, to beat the bush, to scare off snakes, to, in extreme cases, to kill a lion or a bear. And again, Philip Keller tells a time when he was in Kenya photographing elephants, accompanied by a young African shepherd who carried a rod, and they came to the top of a hill, and they knew that there were elephants at the base of that hill, And they wanted in some way to get those elephants out to the open so they could take pictures. There's a boulder right on the edge of this hill. Pretty big boulder. And so they got the idea, there's two of them, that they would put their shoulders up against this boulder and roll that boulder down to the bottom of this hill and the elephants would then move away from that boulder out into the open and they could take a picture. Well, they put their shoulders against that boulder and they, you know how you do in those situations, you try to get that that big boulder rocking back and forth so hopefully you get some momentum and then it will roll down the hill. Well, as they were rocking that boulder, underneath that boulder, there was a cobra coiled and ready to strike. And in a split second, the rod of that shepherd killed that cobra. In an instant, Philip Keller knew the comfort of that rod. The shepherd is the master of keeping away the predators that lurk in the shadows of the valley. If you know this shepherd, you have his guiding presence. You have his disciplining presence. You have his protecting presence. You can face the valleys of life without fear because he is with you. So do you know the shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus in John 10 identifies himself as a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And if you know Jesus Christ as your shepherd, you have the assurance of his presence with you. Sometimes people have the mistaken notion that Christians should never go through valleys. We may not enjoy going through the valleys of life. We may not may not want to go through the valleys of life, but we live in a fallen world and we are going to face difficult valleys in life. In fact, sometimes to reach higher ground, we must go through these valleys. There's no other way to get there. Valleys are not a sign of spiritual deficiency. They're an opportunity. For God to take us to higher ground. If nothing else, the valleys of life drive us into the arms of our shepherd. And we can follow him into the valley because we have complete confidence in his ability to get us through the valleys of life. And that's true even as we face that darkest valley 
that we will ever face, the valley of the shadow of death. And every one of us here this morning will at some point go through that valley unless we're alive when Jesus Christ comes back. Wouldn't that be great? But every one of us is going to have to face the valley of the shadow of death. It's just a matter of time. You can approach that valley with confidence. You know how? Your shepherd has already gone through the valley of the shadow of death. Crucified, dead, buried. And what happened on the third day? He rose again from the dead. Jesus Christ knows the way through the valley of the shadow of death. And when your time comes to go through that valley of the shadow of death, if he is your shepherd, he will be right there with you through that valley, bringing you into the glorious presence of our God and Father, the light at the end of that tunnel, Christ with us, even in death. So I hope you can affirm what verse four, what David says here in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your shepherd will not fail you. Trust in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a high priest like Jesus Christ who understands what it's like to live in this fallen world. Who understands what it's like to face the difficult trials of this life who even went through death itself for us, we would have no hope without Jesus Christ, our shepherd. Thank you. And I pray that everyone here this morning would know the presence of Jesus Christ, our shepherd. And I pray that you would especially be with those, his presence with those who are experiencing difficulty and trouble. We know that you will not abandon them or leave them. Thank you for this promise. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world, even through death itself. We give you all the praise through Jesus Christ, our shepherd. In his name we pray, amen.